What clues can we gain from the New York Giants' recent coaching promotions? We're covering that, plus a lot more on today's Locked on Giants podcast, coming your way next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL written in all lowercase letters for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trina, credentialed member of the New York Giants media for Locked On and, of course, for Giants Country over at the Fan Nation Network. And a big welcome in to my Blue Crew community members, my everydayers, my newcomers and everybody in between. You are all appreciated and loved by yours truly. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Locked On Giants podcast, well, here we are, folks. The Super Bowl is in the books. All the teams are now zero and zero as we get ready for the 2024 league year, which starts next month. And on today's program, we're going to talk a little bit about the recent coaching changes, specifically the promotions that head coach Brian Dable gave to three members of his staff. What do they potentially mean for this team going forward? And a lot of you also asked me, what exactly does a passing game coordinator do? What does an assistant head coach do? So I'm going to try and answer all that for you um, on today's podcast. Also on today's podcast, the New York Post put forth a uh, solution to the Saquon Barkley upcoming uh, contract negotiations. And it was an interesting solution. I want to talk a little bit about that. There was one side of that, um, that whole proposal that the Post put forward that wasn't touched upon. So I want to talk about that and just kind of figure out if that's the best way for the Giants to go when it comes to Saquon Barkley. So that'll be segment two. And then in segment three, kind of keeping along the lines of that Saquon Barkley story, should the Giants trade up to get a quarterback? And I mentioned that because there was a report on NFL.com. The NFL.com insiders say that the Giants are a team to potentially watch for to trade up to get a quarterback, a top quarterback in this draft class. And they explain why and whatnot. And I'm going to talk about that as well. So that is our agenda on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Again, happy to have you with us. Let's jump into it. All right, let's talk about the coaching changes. Now, uh, while we were all like engulfed in uh, Super Bowl mania, uh, head coach Brian Dable went and he filled out the rest of his staff. And there were three notable promotions that he made. He promoted Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, to assistant head coach. And he promoted def- uh, defensive backs coach Jerome Henderson to defensive passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Shay Tierney to offensive passing game coordinator. Now, a lot of you immediately wrote to me and said, what exactly does all this mean? So I reached out uh, to get clarification from the Giants as to what the roles will will entail. Now, the assistant head coach job is a little bit more, you know, still being defined, but the passing game coordinator roles for the defensive side of the ball, 
basically what that means is now instead of, you know, Jerome Henderson being told what the plan is for the cornerbacks and the coverage and all that stuff, he's going to have more of a say in that. So, you know, for example, do they play shadow corner? Do they play eight yards back off of a receiver? Do they play closer to the line of scrimmage? How do they approach it? So Henderson is going to have more of a say in that matter as opposed to, you know, just being told by the defensive coordinator, this is what we're going to do. Now just go out and teach it, make sure these guys, you know, perfect it during the week of practice. So there's going to be a collaborative effort, but Henderson's going to have a little bit more say into how the passing game uh, defense is orchestrated. Same idea with the offensive passing game. All right. Um, you could theoretically say that it's a, a chunk taken away from Mike Kafka, but not really. It's not really true. Kafka will still, you know, obviously be involved in the game planning, but Shay Tierney, the quarterback's coach, who is a Brian Dable um, longtime assistant going back to their days when they were at Alabama. Um, he got a chance to become an offensive coordinator at, at I believe it was, I want to say the, the Shrine Bowl. I believe it was the Shrine Bowl. It was either the Shrine or the Senior Bowl. But anyway, uh, Tierney um, got a little taste of being an offensive coordinator. So this is a kind of a promotion for him. And he's going to be able to, you know, have a say in the depth of routes, you know, the types of routes run, you know, how they're going to basically attack the, the uh, opposing defense with the passing game. So it's not, you know, Kafka as the offensive coordinator will still have a say in that, but Tierney is going to have a little bit more of a say. Now, speaking of Kafka, he was named assistant head coach. That role is still kind of being defined as I understand it, but some of the things to look for with Kafka becoming an assistant head coach is, will he take on some of the game management duties that Dable currently has? For example, when to call a timeout, when to call for a review, you know, that sort of thing. And that's still being worked out. Now, in thinking about this and looking at these promotions, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, I got to thinking, okay, were these just goodwill promotions because, you know, the Giants blocked Kafka from interviewing uh, with Seattle for their offensive coordinator role? Was this just, um, you know, a, a, again, a goodwill gesture? to Jerome Henderson, who interviewed for the defensive coordinator role and didn't get it, that going to Shane Bowen. Maybe it's a part of it, but you know what? The Giants under Dable, for, you know, as far as I know, Dable believes in kind of cross-training his assistant coaches. So in other words, let, you go back to like last summer and the summer before that, you actually had different guys calling plays during the practices. And the reason for that is, is they wanted to just get as many of the assistant coaches experience in those areas as possible. So whether it was, okay, you know, one day, Jerome Henderson, you call the passing game defense and, you know, the next day, maybe, uh, you know, uh, Andre Patterson called it. So it, it was, it's cross training is what it is. And that can't hurt. You know, you never know when somebody leaves and, you know, I think ideally Dable, would prefer maybe to to promote from within wherever possible. It's not always possible, obviously, but, um, you know, it, it is part of the development. But I want to speak specifically about the offensive uh, promotions because there could be something a little bit more to that. And that is as follows, okay? So by kind of alleviating a little of 
Kafka's deal as offensive coordinator and giving that to Shea Tierney and having Kafka help Dable during game day. That is the presumption at any rate that he will help him during game day. You wonder now, okay, is a young quarterback maybe coming in? And is so, is Brian Dable going to want to be a little bit more hands-on to where some of the minutiae that he normally has to deal with during the course of a game? Now maybe Kafka's going to deal with that. All right, it's a possibility. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's a it's clear cut that that's what's going to happen, but it's something to consider because I have often said, and I will say it again here, that if the Giants are planning to draft a young quarterback, I firmly believe that Brian Dable is going to be much more hands-on in the development of that quarterback once they get him in the building. And if that is the case, then now that becomes a little extra on his plate. So something's got to give. And some of those responsibilities that he has as head coach now maybe fall to Kafka, who, again, he got he drew some consideration around the league for a head coaching job, didn't get it. I think Seattle was one. I believe Carolina was another this past year. So it's good experience for Kafka, but more importantly, from a bigger pr- perspective, And from an organizational perspective, I think it could be a sign that the Giants are maybe looking to, you know, bring in a a young quarterback and Dable is going to take a big, big role in developing that quarterback. You know, especially if you consider that Dable, you can make the case that this is a big year for him. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily going to get fired if the Giants have another bad season because, I mean, he'd have to basically lose the locker room and do something really horrible to get fired. But there's no question that the Giants have to start doing better. So that makes this a big year to, you know, if they do draft a quarterback, you know, whether it be in the first round, second round, whatever, get that guy up to speed as quickly as possible. And that's something that Dable I think it's going to take a big hands-on role in, as well as Kafka, obviously, and Tierney, but Dable more so. So the the promotions, as I said, kind of a shifting or, or, or a uh, you know designating of the of the various duties um, to make room for that possibility if it does come to fruition. So that's my thinking and my theory on some of these promotions. Yes, some of them were merit based, but I think there was something underlying there, and that's what I think was the case. All right, coming up next, the New York Post had a interesting proposal for the Saquon Barkley contract negotiations. We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to tell you the one thing that I don't think the Post covered that I think they really needed to cover, why their proposal may not make the right, the the most amount of sense. So that's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, NFL offseason? What off season? I mean, pretty soon we'll have the combine coming up, then free agency, then the draft, then spring OTAs. It's going to be a busy and productive time. And boy, am I thankful to have DoorDash as part of my team. Those days when there's no time to cook or when I need a delivery from my local pharmacy or grocery store, I know I can depend on DoorDash to bring me what I need when I need it. DoorDash is fast, easy, and convenient. Just download their app, find the establishment from which you want to order, and select from the menu options. You'll get what you ordered or they'll make it right. So the next time you're in a pinch and need something right away, 
Let DoorDash deliver for you. DoorDash, your door to more. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And coming up this week on the Locked on Giants podcast, we are still five days a week. There is no off season. Let's face it. There's just so much to cover. It just seems even in the off season. But coming up this week, I'm going to have Bob Glauber on the show. Bob Glauber is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame Voting Committee. And we're going to talk about Eli Manning's candidacy for the Pro Pro Football Hall of Fame. Eli, of course, will be eligible for voting next year. Uh, he, He is eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. And there's kind of a debate as to whether or not he's going to get in on first ballot. So we're going to talk to Bob Glauber about that, as well as some other things related to the Giants. So that's coming up this week. Also coming up this week, I have a show in which we're going to break down the best course of action, what I think the Giants should do. Should they go draft or should they go free agency when it comes to filling some of their roster holes? And I'm going to just go down every position I'll give you names, I'll give you ideas, I'll give you reasons, all that and more coming up later this week on the Locked on Giants podcast. Hope you will check all that out. All right, on this segment of the podcast, the New York Post came up with an idea for Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants as they get ready to sit down at the bargaining table. Now, just to go back a little bit, General Manager Joe Shane appearing on Sirius XM Radio um, had said something to the effect of uh, that they were going to sit down with Saquon's representation at the combine, see if they couldn't hammer out a deal that was friendly for both sides, both parties. So that is coming up at the combine, which starts later this month. Now, here's the thing, all right? Um, unless the two sides agree on what Barkley's value is, that could be kind of tricky. So the New York Post, I think it was Ryan Dunleavy who wrote the article, they came up with an idea that, you know, maybe in the interest of showing fairness to Saquon and respect to Saquon, don't put the franchise tag on him. Instead, let him go out and let him negotiate, or or his representation, that is, let them negotiate a contract with another team and have a handshake deal with the Giants to where they go and they take any deals that they get or any, you know, contract offer sheets that they get from another team, bring it back to the Giants and say, okay, you've got X number of days to decide if you want to match this. So, you know, on the surface, that idea seems fair, but here's the problem that I don't think the Post really address. The Giants are in a rebuild, all right? You can say what you want. You can call it however you want. Basically, they took a step back last year. They are in a rebuild. They have a lot of needs. And, you know, while the Post's proposal is, you know, based on trust and while Saquon would no doubt be a man of his word, and I think he even told the Post that he would be agreeable to such an arrangement. The problem is is if you have Saquon get an offer sheet from a team that has a heck of a lot more salary cap space that the Giants just can't match, then guess what? Saquon's walking away and you're not getting anything in return. Now, you might say, well, they'll get a comp pick in the draft if he goes and he signs with another team, won't they? You would think, 
but not necessarily because it all depends on what the Giants do in free agency. You know, the Giants this year, they're not getting any comp picks because they made signings that canceled out comp picks they would have gotten for the guys that they lost. So while you would think that a comp pick would be an automatic for a player such as Saquon, it's not. So you can't make that assumption. And if you're the Giants and you're rebuilding, do you really want to let your best player walk out the door and not get anything in return? It's just not smart. All right. So, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of you say, well, gosh, why are you beating the, the tag and trade horse to death? That's exactly why, folks, because I believe that if, if Barkley and the Giants don't strike up a deal during the combine, and I'm hoping that they do, to be honest with you, because I don't, quite frankly, I don't want to have to write about it and talk about it all off season, um, you know, then I've, if I'm Joe Shane, I put the tag on him and I say to him, okay, you know what, Saquon, you, you know, we can't agree on, on a deal on your value. So I'm putting the tag on you because I want to get something in return if you go to another team. So here's the deal, my friend. You go to another team. You have my permission to go to another team, negotiate a deal. If you find a deal that you like, then have that team's GM contact me and we'll execute a tag and trade. This way, if you're the Giants, who again, are not getting any comp picks this year, who need as many picks as possible, especially if they want to move up in the draft or move around at any point in the draft, that makes the most sense. You know, I've had you guys say to me in the past, why didn't the Giants trade Saquon? They could have still gotten something for him. Well, folks, that's why I don't see, you know, the post's idea, as fair as it might sound, I don't see it coming to fruition. If this team were just, you know, a couple players away, I'd say, okay, maybe it makes sense. Now, some of you are going to say, well, what can the Giants possibly get for Saquon? And I'll point back to Leonard Williams, who was approaching 30, who had a lot of mileage on his tires, who had some recent injury, his, you know, injuries to deal with, and who was on the last year of his contract. And what did the Giants get for him in the trade with Seattle? They got an extra second round pick. And uh, I, I forget what the other pick was, but they got two picks for, for Leonard Williams for a guy pushing 30 who had a lot of mileage on his tires. All right. So don't tell me that somebody won't trade for Saquon. You know, maybe, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers who allegedly or reportedly Jim Harbaugh is, is you know, allegedly uh, thinking of a backfield that features Saquon and maybe Austin Eckler. Maybe they make the trade. You just don't know. So to sit there and, and rule that out and say, nah, it's not going to happen. You know, a tag and trade is, is nonsense. Folks, never say never. The drawback, to be fair, is that if the Giants put the tag on Saquon, yes, they're going to be down, you know, the $12 million or whatever the cost of the franchise tag is for the running back. That comes automatically out of the pot. But if you do that, as a way to, you know, say, okay, look, get a tag and trade in place. You could still conceivably get that money back and use that money down the line to sign your draft class, right? Because you're going to need that money to sign your draft class. Meanwhile, the Giants are going to make other moves. There are other moves that they can make to clear out space. Mark Lewinsky is probably going to get cut. 
I could see them restructuring Dexter Lawrence's contract and Andrew Thomas's contract. And, you know, that's something I can go over um, in a show later this week if you guys want. So don't sit there and say, oh, my God, the Giants put the tag on, on Saquon and now they're down $12 million and they can't spend that. There are ways to get more money. All right. So if you're the Giants and you recognize and are honest with yourself that this is still a rebuild and this is an important rebuild coming up, you do not let your best player walk out the door at the risk of not getting something in return for him. It just does not make sense. All right, Giant fans, speaking of which, coming up next, the NFL Network insiders believe that the Giants are going to be a team that could be someone to watch as far as a trade-up for a quarterback. So we're going to talk about that and uh, whether or not it makes sense for the Giants. So don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll right in. And right now, when you join Prize Picks, you're just in time for Demons and Goblins. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Imagine that. With as few as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. And did you know that Prize Picks also offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured? For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. With all this, plus easy gameplay, a wide variety of stats and players types and fast and safe withdrawals, it's no wonder why Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, written in all lowercase letters, to get a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL, and that promo code is NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And again, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Hard to believe that now it's going to be seven months before we have any meaningful football. But there's going to be plenty to keep us busy and keep us talking during the uh, next several months with the offseason. And one thing that obviously is going to be on everybody's mind is what are the Giants going to do about quarterback? We know that Joe Shane, the general manager, has said that the position needs to be addressed. Daniel Jones is coming off an ACL, and Joe Shane has said that, you know, that while they are optimistic that he will be okay and, and ready, um, and while he has also said that the expectation, keyword expectation, is that Daniel Jones will be the starter once he is healthy, you can't assume that anything's automatic. So the Giants definitely are going to have to do something with the quarterback spot. And I've said before on the show that 
what they do in free agency could potentially give us a clue as to what they might be thinking. You know, are they going to go and, and do another type of deal like they did with Tyrod Taylor, where, you know, the contract was structured in such a way to expand salary wise if he ended up the starter versus, you know, if he was the backup. But let's talk about the draft here. Now, last week, um, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl, I ran a series of interviews with my college hosts or my college colleagues, I should say, about the various quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks in this draft class. The NFL Network's insiders, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, and Tom Palacero, uh, had an article out on NFL.com in which they basically outline each team's quarterback situation, those that don't have uh, set things at quarterback. And for the Giants, they basically said, you know, don't be surprised if the Giants look to maybe move up to get one of these quarterbacks. Now, interestingly, Daniel Jeremiah, who is one of the draft analysts over on NFL.com, said that, you know, there could be a lot of movement for quarterbacks this year because a lot of teams are not as enthusiastic about the 2025 draft class of quarterbacks, that this year is a better class. So there could be some movement involved here. So the Giants, let's get back to them. They draft sixth. And if the draft order stays the same, you know, you wonder what Chicago's going to do. They have the first overall pick. They either stay with Justin Fields or they take, you know, one of the top three quarterbacks. The top three right now being Caleb Williams, Drake May, and um, Jaden Daniels. All right. Um, so if they stay with, with, um, with, Justin Fields, then maybe they take a Marvin Harrison Jr. So then you have um, Washington and New England, both of whom need quarterbacks. But there's been a report that New England might go the veteran route. And if they do go the veteran route, then you know what? Now they don't need a, a quarterback in the draft. So maybe they look to trade. So could the Giants theoretically trade with, with New England? All right. And by the way, don't rule out Denver trading because it's been said that Denver also was looking to get a guy from the from this draft class. And I've seen reports that Denver might be looking to trade up as well. But let's stay with the Giants here for a minute. If the Giants were to trade with New England, wouldn't be that big of a draft haul. Obviously, they would have to give up, you know, they'd have to swap first round picks. You would think they would probably have to give up one of their second round picks. And potentially, um, you know, a conditional pick or, I, I don't know, maybe even a, a late round pick the following year. But it's going to take a, a, a haul to move up. All right. So should the Giants do that, given how we said before, the Giants have so many needs? Well, it depends on what, you know, how much they have to give up, obviously. But again, the Giants need to sit down, look themselves in the mirror and say, okay. Can we afford to give up draft assets? If we don't get one of the big three quarterbacks, can we wait to get our quarterback in day two of the draft? You know, it, usually you get your Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the first round, but not always. There are exceptions, Tom Brady being the most notable one. Uh, Kurt Warner being another one who I don't think was even drafted. But, um, you know, so the Giants need to be honest with themselves and, you know, I tend to be conservative when I look at this stuff. I say, look, the Giants have too many needs. They need offensive line. They need a number one receiver. They need, you know, an edge rusher. And the last thing I want to see the Giants do is trade up to get a quarterback 
And meanwhile, the offensive line isn't fixed. They don't have a number one receiver. I mean, to me, that would just be deja vu, what they did with Daniel Jones when they drafted him sixth overall back in 2019. You guys will, will probably remember Jones came in. The offensive line wasn't very good. The receivers really weren't that good. I mean, the only thing Jones had for him going for him was Saquon Barkley in the running game. All right. So my concern with the Giants potentially looking to trade up is they make the same mistake. And then the young quarterback comes in and, oh, guess what? He gets beaten up or, you know, he struggles or whatever. Now, I'd like to think that the Giants are going to address some of those needs. Like, I still believe the Giants are going to address the offensive line in free agency, pick up a guard slash tackle that they can plug in wherever they need to. Um, receiver, if I'm the Giants, I don't know. I, I would get a receiver in the first round because I think one of those, you know, one of the two uh, outside of Marvin Harrison, uh, the kid from Washington, Rome, a, a Deuce or um, Malik Neighbors from LSU should be there by the time the Giants go on the on the clock. So I would do that to give, you know, a new quarterback, or even if it's going to be Daniel Jones, give him the best possible um, personnel around him, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, for me, again, I play conservatively, but Joe Shane, he's making the decisions. And he said before, scared money don't make money. Or I think that's the expression. But uh, so I'm kind of curious to see. But, uh, you know, the Giants, free agency is going to tell us a lot about what they might be looking to do in the draft. You know, the Giants will sit there and say, oh, we'll take good players however we can get them, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, maybe so. But you can bet anything that if they get a solid guard slash tackle in, in uh, free agency, you know, Michael Wonu, for example, from New England, you know, will they necessarily draft an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman in the first round? Probably not. Same thing if they pick up an edge rusher somewhere in free agency. Will they worry about drafting one? Probably not. At least not in the first, you know, that first 70, you know, the, the first 70 picks where they have four picks in the first 70. So free agency this year, more, more than ever, is going to tell us a lot about what the Giants can, you know, might potentially be thinking. So it's going to be interesting, but, um, you know, right now, a lot of needs for the Giants. Joe Shane has said that they figured out what their needs are. They have a plan. Plans can go astray. We all know that. Sometimes you plan on something and then a, a curveball gets thrown your way and you have to pivot or, or go in a different direction. But it's going to be a fun offseason, that's for sure, to see how Joe Shane fixes a roster which vastly underperformed last year. So, all right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, keep it here all week long. We're going to have four new shows the rest of the week as we continue our Monday through Friday coverage of your New York Giants. I'm Patricia Trainer. We'll see you tomorrow, Giant fans.